Open Nesters podcast is a weekly podcast that explores new ways of living as our kids leave the nest. Now in season three, the podcast topics go deeper and wider in interviews with individuals, couples, and experts in areas ranging from relationships and families to adventure, spirituality, and sexuality. This week on the Open Nesters podcast, the friendship series continues with Carl Honoré. next two episodes we decided that we've promoted in the friendship podcast is going to be a discussion with men about the value of friendship so any of the women listening i just want to alert you that maybe you want to listen to this one it's a short one with an incredible speaker that you'll hear about carl honore who's a ted talk speaker and and known in so many areas as a journalist around aging but with such a positive amazing vital attitude and we really wanted to speak to him about friendship. So this is the first part. And next week is another one about male friendships. Let's hear it from Carl Honoré. Welcome back to the Open Nesters podcast, Carl Honoré. We've loved your expertise around aging and the slow movement. And as a TED Talk speaker, you certainly have, you get around all over the world doing some interesting work with people. So such a sociological, journalistic kind of background. But I'd like to understand your own perspective on aging as an open nester and the value that friendship holds for you. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, I think friendship, we know from our own experience, we know from science that friendship is the stuff of life, right? I mean, it's good for our health. It's good for our longevity. Well, what's the the data point doing the rounds is that, you know, the loneliness is the same as or chronic loneliness is the same as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, right? So obviously friendship is a useful thing to have and we naturally gravitate towards it. But, but it seems to me that so much of modern life militates against friendship, right? It gets in the way of forging real, genuine bonds of friendship. One reason is speed, right? You cannot accelerate social relationships. <laughs> you can't make someone fall in love with you faster because you want to get married next month, right? Or you can't download a friendship from Amazon, right? These things take time. <laughs> And we're so rushed and we're so time poor that we struggle. So I think we're in this weird moment where we're more electronically connected than ever before. But of course, we're more lonely. And I think part of that is we struggle to make real friends. And I think maybe I'm going to make a big sweeping gesture statement here. I think maybe this is possibly more a male problem generally that I think men find it harder to make and hold on to friends. So you asked about old and new friends. I definitely feel I've got two buckets. I've got the old friends who go back to you know high school days that, that were right there in those formative years. And then there's a kind of gap. And then there's sort of friends that I picked up along the way. And some have just drifted out of my orbit because I was either too busy or I didn't make the effort or someone did. We, we didn't collectively make the effort because it seems to me from male friendship is very often built on doing things together you know it's we talk about male friendship being side by side you know you're doing something you're looking together at that activity whereas women are face to face like they're sitting talking to each other and i was at a, i play hockey right so i i was at a hockey tournament on saturday and we were in the dressing room in between games and one of my team i'm the oldest guy on the team right so i'm 54 the youngest is 18 right and we're a range of people in between so a guy who was in his mid-30s was just yakking away about something and he said you know just out of nowhere he suddenly said you know it's actually really kind of hard for guys to have friends when you get to this age isn't it and i thought whoa that's a big thing to drop in the middle of a hockey dressing room 
and everybody just started chiming in and saying, yeah, it really is because you just suddenly don't, unless you're doing something like hockey, right? You, how do you, and he said, you know, you can't just say to a guy that you like at work, Hey, do you want to hang out? Because that's going to seem a bit weird or something. Whereas a woman can easily say, let's go for coffee. And it's just, you know, I, you know, it will just happen. Whereas you kind of wouldn't, it's just harder for a man. So I think I, I, I came away from that conversation in the dressing room thinking, yeah, that sort of reflects a lot of my experience of friendship. And because I travel a lot, uh, you know, for work, it means that I don't have continuity here. So I, it's been harder for me, I think, to, I meet a lot of people as I travel and people around that I'm around here in London that I would love to have, you know, become closer friends with, but that just hasn't happened because I think it's more on me than on them because I'm away. So it just isn't, and there isn't time in the schedule to, 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 to create those events, those side sideways activities that would allow a male friendship to, to blossom. Now, coming back to the openness thing, because I've got more time now, now that's happening more. So I'm starting to feel like I went through three phases of friendship, like I had friend my friends were everything in my teenage and early 20s then as i got into a relationship and then family then the friends drifted away and now maybe this is stage three where got more time i know what friendship means to me i have the tools and the wherewithal and the the hunger right the appetite and the need and so i'm making much more of an effort now i would say in the last year especially post pandemic to just to say let's let's go play squash right you know again it's i'm always sort of saying stuff let's do something together right it's often sports based but you know even i've said to a couple of people let's just let's go get dinner or something let's go get a drink which i kind of probably wouldn't have done that much before i would always have had friends through doing something right <laughs> i have to admit that i'm doing the same thing i discovered recently the value of friendship even more and and i agree i had i have my old friend from since i was 6 years old i have two friends that I'm still in touch with during from kindergarten and then I have my new friend that I'm developing now and I feel the value of it and I it's also a very uh reciprocal I feel the same way that they value me as a <laughs> new friend and in this case uh, you know I am the older uh not that I um, um that it has to do anything with the friendship but I feel that I value it a lot more and yes I do have a lot more time uh to invest in those friendships so this is a, a really uh, you're really validating everything that I'm thinking about well time is so crucial isn't it it's, it's the water that you throw on the flower on the on the seed right and without it it just not it's not going to to bloom and just well it simply won't right but now we now we have more time and, and then it's it. awareness that you two are bringing to light and I'd love if there are other you know couples or you have whoever's listeners listeners are younger children their kids or kids going into their 30s, 40s, 50s, for men to not have to back off of just having to just be doing things together, mm -hmm. but how they can, even in the small time they have, to be able to look at each other and let each other be seen, because I think that's what's missing is that, I mean, I know it's a spiritual concept, but that feminine energy of like vulnerability with yeah. someone about what's really going on for me, rather than let's just do things together. And so I think that lesson of friendship helps us do so many things in our lives. I'm writing a whole book about, ebook about love and friendship. And I do believe that when we bring this into our lives, male and female, we're witnessing and we're mirroring and we're awakening and we're forgiving. I mean, you, we evolve through the people that are deep in our lives. And so by allowing it to be deeper, I feel like that's what's enriched my life so much. And we have to come from our own, like you said, that self-love, that, that place of self you know, mm. knowing how to show up authentically. Yeah. So yeah. many people walk around saying, nobody really sees me. 
And yet the first question is, are you willing to show up as who you are? Yeah. Because people are wandering around, I think, especially maybe men are wandering around with armor, right? We're all armored up. So who can, how are you going to be seen? You're not going to be seen. There's just the the armor on the outside. And I, I definitely feel like in the last little while, like really the last year or so, this feels like a post-pandemic thing to me that some of my, including some of my older friends that we've gone deeper than we've ever gone before, that we've just started being more open and more vulnerable with each other and talking about our failures, our disappointments, our weaknesses in a way that we just, and, and these are friends that, you know, I would want them to be there. You know, that friend, you walk into a room and who are the people you want to be there? You know, these are the, those kind of friends that I grew up with. Only now, I think, are we kind of peeling away some of that armor, some of those shields and getting right down to the core of what it all is and who we are together and who we are on our own and stuff. And it's just, it's kind of unnerving a little bit, but, but actually not really. It's, it's, it's unnerving because it's unfamiliar to me, I think, but the more I do it, the more I like it. Right. right. <laughs> you know? exactly. Cause I always come away from that. I think, wow, why didn't we talk about this stuff with that kind of openness 25 years ago? What, you know, we were just joshing around and playing and, have, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it just feels like if only I and pretending say, to be what, cool. What could you? Sorry, go ahead. And pretending to be cool. I yeah, mean, we, well, men have a lot of a lot of pressure to perform. I mean, the performative yeah. side of what men have had to do and it has created this patriarchy. I mean, both it's both ways. You know, the patriarchy created this idea that we're in charge, and that performance has not always been great for men. So in all aspects, whether it's from business and having to achieve and be the one in charge or the or or sexually. And I do feel like this kind of breakdown and discomfort is an area of growth for us all. And oh, so yeah. the fact that you're opening that discussion, and I'd be curious if there's anything you've learned from your from these male conversations recently that you feel like is starting to open up for you in a new way. Is there anything that in that vulnerability and fragility, like just looking at our lives with not having to be bravado about them. They're not always all good. Yeah. I mean, I feel it's hard to put a finger. I mean, I guess I feel that maybe I've become more aware of my own need or want to be sort of admired, I suppose, in some ways. I mean, I never thought of that, that as something that was that important to me, but maybe I've, maybe I'm realizing that it was more important than I thought possibly in some ways. Um, but then in some, in other ways, I feel like it's less and less. And I, I'm still processing some of this stuff. Even I'm so we, glad. I'm so glad you're it, doing but... this live for us because it's the discomfort of not having the word sometimes yeah. that allows us to be with it. And that's like that slowing down of just being with it, like saying, Oh, what am I really noticing from this? And when we start, Oh, that's a noticing and awakening that helps us witness kind of the fragility. I've, I've been too extroverted and performative in many of my places in my life. And I think over the last 10 years, I would say I have a little more and more awareness of how to be introverted and listen much more to what people are saying and what they're not saying, yeah. what they're not saying. It's between the words, right? Yeah. Between yeah, the Yeah, no, it's, um, yes, Gus, I'm sort of spinning off into all kinds of thoughts here. But yeah, I mean, it is that, it's, as you say, it's that um, liminal space, isn't it, between knowing and not knowing, that's where the real magic and the music happen um, but you have to sit with it you have to slow down right you just you cannot snap your fingers and come out the other side that's that doesn't work that way you've got to yeah so i i every time i have one of those these encounters with a friend now I, I come away just a kind of cauldron of 
unformed thoughts, <laughs> new ways of seeing the world and myself in it and so on. And yeah, I feel like there's a lot of work for me to do that I'm only kind of starting to do now. And I think yeah. friendship is this new version of friendship is a spark for that and a way of a vessel for it too, because it doesn't just set it off and then walk away. Right. Because then you go back and you say, well, we talked about this last time and I sat with it a long time and then I thought this and then, and so yeah, they, you build right. And, and the friendship deepens. And so does your understanding of yourself. I love how you encapsulate that or artic- I love how you articulated that idea of of that we we have a new way to grow at this stage of life. Mm-hmm. And I do believe a lot of it is through friendship. And that is so rich because once we have a stronger circle of like you were talking about with ourselves and then how we overlap with people, the Venn diagram, and even more, even in a, in a deeper way than just that graphic, <laughs> like mm. all the nuance underneath that graphic, there's so much area for exploration. And that's where we can start saying that this stage of life is so vital and exciting and creative. And there's aspects of us that are so much richer and deeper than perhaps we've never tapped. So we're journaling, people can do journaling for that. Um, being in nature, like you said, there are so many tools that one can use in what you're calling the slow movement. All of the senses, all of the music, all of the way things enter our 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 souls is a way that we can share that. And it doesn't always have to be in language. Like it's good to sit across from each other, at, you know, having coffee or a lunch or a breakfast, like mm-hmm. Amir's done a little more with friends. But it's inviting people over, as you can see right here, into our studio, just listening to music and drumming and playing together as we've gotten older has really like helped us kind of bond with people anew. Did you have anything you want to add about that? No, no, you're going. So, so if there's anything else you have to say about friendship, we're going to wind down. Well, that's a lovely, you, just going beyond words, I think, is such a, such a transcendent place to be, isn't it? I mean, words are wonderful. I'm a big fan of them. But they, you eventually run out of road, and they, don't, they can't take you into every nook and cranny. No. And sometimes you just need to, to shut up right and just be and be in your body as well i think that's another thing that's really powerful it's tied into the whole slow because the body is the repository of so much wisdom and knowing and so many of our problems arise from the fact that we stop listening to what the body is telling us right and so i think a big part of slowing down in, and connecting with ourselves is reconnecting with the body and listening to the body but that also can be a collective act right it can be whether listening to music it can be dancing it can be playing a sport just something where the body where the where words just float away into the ether and you're just there in the moment together as physical beings. I think that's there's something really pretty glorif- glorious to be tapped there as well, I think. It probably is why people love sports and the, and the I mean, even, even I always got crazy about the too much competition with, especially in London, I would say, with that soccer <laughs> thing. But, you know, the intensity <laughs> that can be aggressive can also be used for a bonding almost like the paradoxes of life. Like they can, people can embrace each other with love when they play and how different that would be than doing it with competition. Like if you're just doing it for fun, how much more fun is that playful sport, you know, to be able to let people see your love through your sport, like going deeper. It's still about going deeper instead of performing. So I'm looking at all of these things as ways to go deeper at this stage of life. Like play with your friends, but also show them that you love them. Make it something that's wonderful and fun and rich. Like what we do with obviously our our, our music and dancing and my drum drumming. And people find their way. Art, 
doing art together, but doing art it together. Like yeah. what a great thing to just create new art projects together, do murals. People can do, you can find so many ways to be playful at this stage of life and create friendship based on your interests. And there are a zillion of them. We just don't even know all, half of them. That was one of the things that my wife and I did during the pandemic that we enjoyed thoroughly was online sketching courses. So you would, mm, some, you would such have, a thing. sometimes it'd be a, a natural drawing or sometimes it'd be, you know, a, a, a model. And, and we, you just draw on the kitchen table when we couldn't do anything else. <laughs> And yeah, all those things you say, they're just this sort of, and it's in silence, but you're, there's a kind of well, activation going on. It ties directly to your philosophy that to uh, <clears throat> expand your social networks um, for uh, in the aging. Uh, this way you can really, by doing that, you can expand your circles of friends. And this ties directly into friendship um, where, you know, you, you may find somebody that is older or younger Uh, than you are uh, to be friends with that you never thought about, uh, as you mentioned, this uh, company that you work with. So that's uh, that's profound for me to see that how the uh, aging and friendship is really tied in together. Just one final thought on the, the, the body and the physical side of things. I was just thinking as you were talking there about how the, the kind of friendship you form in sports as a team, that the, that bond with teammates, is re- it's, there's a, it's a different, I don't know, It's a kind of visceral, very physical love and friendship. It's weird. It's, a, it's like a band of brothers sort of scenario where you, I notice when I go to play hockey with my fr- friends, my teammates, you know, I touch them more. You know, uh, uh, when we're talking, I want to, like, I feel physically connected to them. And, you know, obviously after a goal, we'll sort of hug and there's just a lot of touching, right? Which I don't have particularly at all with my friends. I don't play sports with. And, and it just adds another layer of, Of bonding right of closeness right. of depth right. and, and nuance and so on so yeah yeah wonderful and it's acknowledging it that helps when we when we give it we, we just gave it language and then people can actually slow down in order to notice that like mm-hmm. sometimes we just do that automatic and so this has been so illuminating this whole interview i love it so much because i feel like it illuminated the tiniest things so So anything else we want to share? I'm inspired. I'm inspired to go and, and invest more in my friendships. I'm inspired to more embrace my age. I, I'm inspired by you, Carl, and I thank you for that. Thank you, Amir. I love talking to you both. It's always a pleasure. It's been a, yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's so much food for thought for me as well. It's not just sitting, right. going through the old states. You, you make me think, and, and I love that. So thank you very much. Thank you for your time again. Contact. And yeah, do you want to give it out, give it out so we have it so how people can reach you and your website? Oh, sure, yeah. Just we like to have it verbally. We always put it in the blog, but um, yeah, and in our that's super easy. I, I have one link for everything, which is, you know, everything is in one link, which is just my name, no punctuation. So Carl Honore dot info. And that's my link tree and everything from videos to books to social media. Anything you could ever want to know and more about me is there. One place. And Honoré is H-O-N-O-R-E. Carl Honoré with a C. Carl with a C. Carl yeah. with a C. Thank you so much again for Fantastic. visiting with Thank us on the Open Masters. You. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Be well and have a wonderful slow day. <laughs> the same to you. Tessa, uh, Carl certainly validated what I thought about many, many times, that male friendship is really surrounded around activities, right? 
and performance and 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 the idea that and men have always competed so sports was their main kind of go-to as he talked about hockey a lot and then I love how he realized and and within the hockey locker room how he realized that that young people started saying, wow, there's so much more for us to get to know about each other. And he mentions that women can ask each other out for coffee in any setting. And men have lear- are learning to do that, as you are with having a breakfast with, now, with, with a new friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning to, to be a, a better friend, uh, a new friend, and an old friend to so many people that I knew before and I'm getting to know. And the intergenerational friendship, you know, I am in my 60s, and here I am um, seeing people that are uh, 15, 20 years younger than me, and we have so much in common. So the the age difference is really not an issue because I have exactly increased my social network to the point where I can communicate with so many other people and increase my circles. I actually think that, and I know I'm an optimist, but I do believe that younger people are not just being not just attracted to us but open now to realize that there's almost so much information out there and technology of course you can master those things but it's almost like an inundation of information rather than connection and learning from from people who have gone through things as a fr- and so it's a friendship it can create a friendship in that Ability to see each other as what we love to do, how vital, what are the things that we're creating in the world? I 100% agree, and I don't want it just to be narrow-minded and say that male friendship is surrounded around activities, uh, sport, or uh, going to watch a game, or being in Super Bowl together. This is not what I'm trying to say, and I don't think that that's the case in many play, many for many people. I think that there's a lot of people that out there that have friendship for, for many, many years. I mean, I have childhood friends that I'm still in touch with since I know since I was uh, six years old. I speak to them occasionally, once a week, once every two weeks. We stayed in touch. We're not in each other's life so much, but we stayed in touch. We, we consider each other a friend. We consider each other um, uh, dear people to each other. We deeply concern about each other's health. We deeply concern each, about each other's well-being, and it continues. It's never going to stop. So it's not only that. There's a. Uh, I did not go to college in the United States, but there's many people that have friends that are from college or from high school or from uh, elementary school, whatever that is. Our son is a, is a great example of that. He has friends uh, from all over aspect of his life and very good close friends. So male friendship is not just around activities. I don't think so. I think that there's some uh, common interest, yes, activities, but also there's bond that have developed for many, many years. I see my brother. My brother, for example, he has friends that he cultivates, that he cherishes, that he maintains, that he uh, keeps, uh, and they're very dear to him. And how he makes sure that he is attuned and uh, uh, available to them for whatever they need. So uh, it's not just activities. Male, male friendship is deep, you know, <laughs> and it's not going to be, oh my God, look at you, you look beautiful today, or whatever that is. We don't 
male don't do that to each I, other. I, I don't think that's what Carl was talking about. And I do think that you have, you and I have had the discussion before that you don't necessarily have friends that you can be very vulnerable with. And that's what I think the better part of what um, we're discussing, how male, males can develop their friendship muscle around being vulnerable so that they can call on each other and show their the, the side of themselves that's not this as performative, only only about, you know, only about what we can not just do together, but how you're doing. And that can be some kind of a superficial way instead of going deeper into how are you I doing. I happen to agree with you that my uh, childhood friend that I know from six years of age, we're not that vulnerable with. Uh, we, we, we're not that involved. We are in each other's life, but not that involved to the point where we can share vulnerability and you're right you're right about that and Carl really talking about the vulnerability factor that what, male do you, what do you think the value of that can be I mean I guess that's what I would like to know well vulnerability is create closeness and trust it is stem from trusting someone to be open to be naked so to speak here I am in in my good and my bad and and take me so I think that and it helps us. And when we when we when we come from that that space that says you're human and we're bent, things are a mess sometimes, and and it helps us it helps us connect more deeply because then you can feel someone's heart and you, and you can know how to be there for them and let them be there for you. And as we age, having friendships like that, and that's why men statistically, I mean, there are statistics about this. Amir is that. Men don't live as long because of the fact that women have better social networks because they know how to call on them. Right. So this is the shift that we're looking for. And so rather than rather than saying, I'm good, let's look at where else can I grow? And that comes from looking at our social networks with more vulnerability and more ability to say to a guy, even if it feels really funny, let's go out for breakfast or, or I'd like to get to know you more. I mean... That's already just being vulnerable instead of it just working out, you know, happening to you guys were friends when you were young or or you met because you're in the same uh, whatever uh, whatever play you're doing together. Rather, you want to go a little deeper. So you make a date for that. Correct. I, I, I do not have those close friends. Well, maybe one that I'm uh, very vulnerable with. But throughout this Friendship series, which is a brilliant, brilliant, wonderful idea uh, that you had to put this together. We really realize the importance of friendship, especially at the open nesting stage. And here we are in the open nesting stage. When we need friends the most, we need to look for them. We need to cultivate them. That's the bottom line, what I am learning and what I need to understand and to grasp. And and also that fact that we don't have to as we live rich lives and and really Esther Perel, who was always my role model for this, is that it is true that the quality of our relationships determines the quality Correct. of our lives. And so that's the journey and not the destination. So sometimes when we get too caught up in, in doing things with women too, let's go shopping, let's do things that are external to us, rather than having fun being whatever we do, we can laugh from nothing. What are the things that bring us joy that we can bring together? And where can we cry together? And I know that men don't do that as well. So I I, I'm does. hoping that that feminine side can come through because when we show vulnerability, we connect more deeply and then we have richer networks. 
So much to learn from Carl Honore and so many other great speakers that have, we have heard from before and up and coming. So please, stay with us for the completion of the Friendship Series on the Open Nestic Podcast, and we want you to join us. Join us. Visit our website, theopennesters.com, double N in the middle, S at the end. Leave us a comment and join our social media, right, Tessa? Absolutely. And we love your comments on our closed Facebook group. And please join our community on Instagram, The Open Nesters. And also, I wanted to say, if you if you would like more advice or tips about all the areas of play that I'm developing, play, inspiration, motivation, collaboration, and value alignment, the languages of friendship that I'm actually working on right now for an ebook. You can actually subscribe on the Open Nesters website. Go to the Open Nesters and community and sign up for the newsletter because I'm giving away sections of the ebook right now as we speak. And we would love your back, your, your, your comments, your feedback about anything you see in friends, a testimonial about your, your favorite friends. And if you know people that are doing really interesting things at this stage of life as Open Nesters, suggest them as a guest because we're looking for great guests all the time. And thank you for listening to the Open Nesting Podcast. Thank you. Till next time, this is Amir. And this is Tessa. And we will see you on the next episode. Ciao. You have been listening to the Open Nesters Podcast, a production of Kiwi Publishing and Media. Executive producer, Tessa Crone. Music by Yoni Avi Patat. Audio engineering by Lucid Sound. Web design and blogs, PJ Ewing. This podcast is available on all podcast platforms. To learn more about each episode and guest, please visit us at theopennesters.com. For questions or to be a guest on our podcast, email tessa at theopennesters.com.